I've been trying to flesh out this idea of hijacking the machinery. I have a, in keeping with the last episode, I have a room in my mind palace that's called hijacking the machinery, and it's a messy, messy room. There's bits and pieces scattered all over it, and there's shit and piss up the walls. Okay, it's a mess and it stinks, and. I'm going to try and get to. I'm. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to try and tidy up that room. Okay. Now, bear with me because I only have my fucking hands. I don't have a cleaning company to come in and fucking sort all this out for me. Okay. So I'm. You're going to have to bear with me as I stumble through this concept of hijacking the machinery. But before I get to hijacking the machinery, I want to flesh out a small amount of what I spoke about yesterday, or not yesterday in the previous episode. So. I stumbled across a Wikipedia page here. It's called Endorsements in the in the 2019 United Kingdom general election. Okay? And it basically lists all the English newspapers and it says who they endorsed in the in the most recent general election in the UK. Because I think a lot of us I think a lot of us can be forgiven for thinking that in democratic societies like the British one or like the Irish one, that we vote for who we think would be best at doing whatever it is that we're voting for. And I'd like to challenge that a little bit because I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case in the least. And I think this Wikipedia page kind of highlights that a little. So again... I'm going to name, I'm going to list out the newspapers. This is all in the British context, but I mean, it's, you know, all sixes. So, the Daily Express endorsed the Conservative Party. This is in the most recent UK election. The Daily Express endorsed the Conservative Party. The Daily Mail endorsed the Conservative Party. The Daily Mirror endorsed the Labour Party. The Daily Telegraph endorsed. Um, endorsed the Conservative Party. The Financial Times didn't endorse anyone. The Guardian endorsed the Labour Party. The Independent didn't endorse anyone. The Morning Star was the Labour Party. And then the Sun and the Times were both uh, endorsing the Conservative Party. Now, what difference does all that make? Well, the difference it fucking makes is if the majority of newspapers or media companies in a given country all decide, for whatever reason, to endorse a particular party what's stopping that fucking party from just winning on the back of all the newspapers being in support of them then the appropriate person doesn't get into power sorry then the appropriate people sorry the appropriate person as far as the rank and file of a society that's me and you okay the reason that we live in a democracy or the beauty of living in a democracy is that every man, woman and child that attains a voting age gets to cast their vote and decide who runs the country. Because ultimately, the people who run the country should, at least, be serving the majority of people who live in the fucking country. Okay, that's the beauty of democracy. But this is blurring the line big time with democracy. If you've got newspapers and media companies publicly endorsing particular candidates or particular parties because then it's just a popularity contest which is essentially what we've had and what we've been having for years 
couple that with the fact that, as far as I'm concerned, a politician's primary objective in all cases is to be re-elected. That's first and foremost. That's primary. Okay. The other thing to throw in there is why would an elected politician look to change what got him elected? Why would think about that for a second? Why would somebody who was elected to a particular position? Why would they want to change what got them there? Okay. Acknowledging that the system is corrupt and that needs that it needs to be overhauled is essentially an admission that you don't deserve the position that you currently hold because you got there through a dodgy system. Now, that doesn't mean that somebody can't come forward and make that point. It's just, you know, we're still waiting. Then you throw in characters like Rupert Murdoch, okay? For those of you who aren't familiar with Rupert Murdoch, he owns a company called News Corp, and they own hundreds if not thousands of local and national newspapers all around the world. Again, this is just from Rupert Murdoch's Wikipedia page. So just to get the point across, he owns The Sun and The Times in the UK. In Australia, he owns The Daily Telegraph, Herald Sun and The Australian. In the US, he owns The Wall Street Journal and The New York Post. Okay, think about this. Bad enough that half a dozen different newspapers all want the same person running the country for whatever reason. But what happens when one man, one individual person, owns a whole slew of media outlets? Like, there was fucking uproar over the... um, Was it the first... Yeah, when Trump got elected, there was fucking uproar about, oh, the Russians hacked, and the Russians did this, and Facebook, and fucking... Cambridge Analytica, and all this jazz about how corrupt democracy had become essentially but I mean that's the how they did it was relatively new or how how the how the the election was hijacked was 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 kind of new but it was the fucking other edge of the same sort it was people interfering it was people meddling in the democratic process and we've just we just kind of take it for granted these days nobody really gives a fuck and it's not that nobody gives a fuck because if anybody understood it then everybody would give a fuck but people don't understand it and there's this fucking comfort that we have these days with being inarticulate and being uneducated and worse still the fucking worst of it is we've become comfortable with this feeling of being informed not being informed This feeling of being informed, this nice, safe, cosy atmosphere that's generated by the media generally, which lulls us into a false sense of security that says, you've got this, you've got this covered, you listen to the news every day, you're informed, but never makes any effort whatsoever to have you A, question anything that they say, or B, make any effort to give you the tools whereby you could make informed decision yourself. That's not how this works. It's fucking cattle to the feeding trough. Okay? What's that expression? Lions don't care for the opinions of sheep. That's what this is. Okay? You don't want to show the cattle how to break out of the field. Okay? You just keep feeding them, keep everything nice and calm... Everything's good, everything's grand, don't worry about anything lads, we've got all this covered, all's fucking sorted, you don't have to worry about a thing, you just keep fucking munching away there in your field, 
And do you know what? One day we'll bring you to an even better field, into the back of the van there, and we'll see how that fucking goes. And that's basically what we're hap- what's happening politically. We've been so domesticated, to use my own term, we've been so domesticated that we need to be spoon-fed our information. And that would be bad enough if the people doing the spoon-feeding had a moral bone in their body or had any grasp of ethics or human decency. And there's another podcast in people being more powerful than governments because Rupert Murdoch is more powerful than the Irish government. Think about that. Rupert Murdoch, this guy that many of you either are very familiar with or have never heard of before, wields more power than the Irish government. And he's not he's by no means the fucking only one. And I don't mean to pick out media moguls, people who own newspapers and talk shows and the like, okay? What about Facebook? Like the power that tech companies have these days is just absolutely incredible. You look at the likes of Google. I mean when you Google a question it depends on where you're Googling it from. Like, literally, your geographic location is relevant here because an answer you get in Ireland won't be the same as an answer you get in England. And an answer you get in Dublin won't be the same as an answer you get in Cork. Like, think about the fucking ramifications of that. You're not being given... You're not being given the answer. You're being given... You've been given a answer. Or an answer. Okay, it's not it's not the answer. When you Google something, people have it in their head. And when I say people, myself included, I often think that whatever pops up first on Google is basically the answer. It's not the answer. It's an answer. And I don't think I'm being particularly paranoid to be worrying about individuals and companies and corporations who have more power than governments. Okay, think about that. I mean, how the fuck have we gotten to a position whereby private individuals and companies and corporations have more say in what goes on in a country than the people do. And what's worse is there's no sign of this stopping. Once we're happy enough to be spoon-fed whatever information it is that we fucking fancy, once we're happy to swallow all the lies and not really give a shit about anything other than, you know, what's for fucking dinner... There's no end in sight for any of this shit. But anyway, I'm getting down a fucking rabbit hole I don't want to go down to just yet. And I want to get back to this idea of hijacking the machinery. So, I think the first time I heard it was in relation to Trump being elected. And I suppose my understanding of it, this is back to me trying to clean up that room in my head marked hijacking the machinery. Trump was no political genius. Love him, despise him, whatever. Okay, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even going to go there. But one thing that he wasn't or isn't is a political genius okay no, nobody argues that he is you can argue that he's good for politics you can argue that it, the world is better than it was before him you know you can say what you want but you can't say that he's a political genius because he didn't do anything to warrant being called a, a political genius okay if he founded his own party that took on the democrats and the republicans and won Okay, then, Jesus, yeah, fucking fair play to you. That would have been fucking something special. He didn't do anything of the sort. What he did was he hijacked the machinery. Okay, the party, the parties were there. He could, I, I, was, I was just about to say he could just as easily have done the same thing with the Democratic Party. He probably couldn't have, but you could be sure as shit someone could. Somebody could hijack the Democratic Party like Trump hijacked the Republican Party. 
Okay, and this is what I want to get across is this idea of hijacking the machinery. So the political system in the States was there long before Trump. He just took advantage of it. Okay, McGregor did something similar. McGregor didn't invent mixed martial arts. McGregor didn't come up with an organisation whereby two men would be pitted against each other with limited rules to see, you know, who was the baddest motherfucker in that way class on the planet. He didn't do any of that. That already existed. That or the UFC, the Ultimate Fighting Championship, that existed as an organisation and had existed for a decade or two. And there was a, there was dream and pride before it. And if you want to get down to the bare bones of it, you know, two cavemen fighting over either a woman or a carcass, that was essentially mixed martial arts. That was last man standing. That was fighting for your life. Okay, so predating all modern organisations, fighting as a style has existed forever. So McGregor didn't do anything new per se. He, like, granted, he he broke records and he did this and he did that and he was the first man to do 101 different things. But he didn't invent any of those. He didn't, he didn't, he hijacked the machine. He hijacked the machinery. That machinery was already there, and he basically just jumped in and made more noise than it, and became the front of this organisation. And fair fucking play to him. But it's this concept of hijacking the machinery that I want to get across, because I think it's really empowering. It's dangerous. It's dodgy as fuck, as we saw with Donald Trump. Okay, he hijacked the machinery and. I'm not going to get into it. Not a fan. But anyway. But there's a breaking news story at the minute that I'm not entirely certain of, so I'm I'm not keen to go into too much detail. I am willing to bet I have the gist of it right. Okay? And it's in relation to GameStop, uh, a shop that we have here in the shopping centre in Navan. There's plenty of them around the country. And it's basically whereby it's a, it's a bricks and mortar shop that you can go in and buy, you know, computer games and such stuff. I don't know. I'm not a gamer. I'm not into any of that crack. I don't know anything about it, but I am familiar with the shop. I'm, I've probably bought Christmas presents for nieces and nephews in it before. But anyway, it's in Navin Shopping Centre and it's dotted around the country, but it's an American company and it's a huge American company. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of GameStop shops all over the world. Now, it's been getting itself into a bit of bother over the last decade or so. Online sales have really hit it hard because it's a bricks and mortar shop. That's its business model. Its business model is having shops in towns and cities all over the world, okay? In an internet age, that kind of model is suffering. So GameStop has been essentially on shaky ground over the last number of years, to put it mildly, okay? Now... I'm already at my limit of understanding of the situation, so bear with me. This is very much just the gist. Come away with the sentiment of this, okay? Nothing more. Don't think you're educated on what's going on with GameStop. But basically, a hedge fund, which, again, I'm not entirely sure. My my understanding of a hedge fund is that hedge funds accrue capital. So they take in money from people who have money. Now, when I say people who have money, I mean they take in tens of millions of money from different people, build a pot, which is called a hedge fund, and there's a hundred million euro, let's say, in that hedge fund, and then your hedge fund manager basically says where that money is invested on the stock market with the view of getting you better returns on your investment. Now, again, I could be completely wrong there. I don't think I'm completely wrong. I think that's the gist of what they are. But anyway, let me continue. So a hedge fund 
in the States saw that GameStop was on its knees and basically bet big on it failing. And this kind of stuff happens all the time. It bet big on it failing. And when a very reputable hedge fund makes a big bet like that, there's a certain element of a self-fulfilling prophecy in it. So somebody says this business is doomed. If they're if they've got enough clout within the industry, everybody hears, Jesus, these guys are saying these boys are doomed. I'm selling me fucking stock. Now, the reason that they're doing this is that they've bet on them failing. So when they do fail, they reap the benefits of it. Hundreds of stores might close, thousands of people might lose their jobs, but you know, that's not their concern. Who gives a fuck? We made big bucks, so happy fucking days. But and this is what is has happened to GameStop and this is what's kind of unfolding. So GameStop, as you can imagine, is a song a song, it's not a song, it's not a song at all, it's a shop. GameStop is a shop and its client base, as you can imagine, will be kind of techie people. They'd be the type of people who are on on message boards online. Okay, and there's a there's a real online element of gaming these days because everything's on the internet. Now, there's another organization that I have to mention here called Reddit. Now, Reddit are a, they're a message board website, basically. So there are groups on Reddit. So there could be a weed growers group and there's a poetry group and there's a fucking... There's hundreds of millions of people using Reddit. There's hundreds of thousands of different groups. And it's basically just people having an online community, sharing their knowledge and, you know, it depends on what it is. Some of it could be really technical, like following the stock market. Some of it could be technical in a different way, like growing weed. Some of it is just, you know, funny jokes. But it's a huge global online community, full of nerds, basically. And nerds who, for the most part, are into their gaming, broad sweeping generalization alert. On the Reddit stock market section, they'd been following there'd be kind of current events within the stock market on a certain part of Reddit. So if you're into the stock market, you might have a Reddit account and you might be contributing or listening to what different people are saying about what's going on in the world of stock markets. Okay? And big hedge fund companies making plays and putting people out of business like that, that's just par for the course. That's just normal, everyday stuff. And the Reddit community, I'm sure, would have talked about this kind of stuff ad infinitum forever. Okay? But when they picked on GameStop, it was like, whoa, what the fuck? I like GameStop. They all collectively said at the same time. And said, fuck, hang on a second. Like, Don't close our GameStop. We like GameStop. But, and they, they, they looked into it a little bit. And the gamers basically on Reddit started talking to the stock market people on Reddit. What connected them was their kind of online savviness and their love of gaming. And the stock market guys basically explained how GameStop, which all the Reddit users know and love, or a lot of them know and love, was being fucked over by this hedge fund. And they said, hang on a second, lads, these days there's something that we can do about it. So these days, sorry, back in the day, the stock market was just for wealthy elites. No working class person really knew anything about it other than what they read in the paper. But these days it's a little bit different because my understanding is that there's an app, there's loads of them, but one of them is called Robin Hood, aptly named by the sound of things. And it basically gives the everyday Joe Soap like me and you the chance or the opportunity to play the stock market a little with, you know, buttons, with, you know, a tenner here or 20 quid there. 
Now, again, I'm at the absolute extreme of my knowledge of everything that I'm talking about here. But take the sentiment away. What I'm getting to is this notion of hijacking the machinery. So, so the stock market guys on Reddit basically told everybody else on Reddit, here, lads, unless you want GameStop, that gaming shop that we all know and love, to go out of business because it's been fucked over by a big hedge fund, all of you should jump on these apps and buy up stock in the company. And that's what they did. I don't know how many fucking hundred or thousand or tens of thousands of Reddit cunts basically downloaded the Robin Hood app and started buying stock in their beloved GameStop to beat the fucking band. And it's it's stock price went through the fucking roof. And by through the fucking roof, I think it made I think in the last like week it's made a sixteen hundred percent increase in value which has essentially completely totally and utterly saved GameStop from immediate bankruptcy and completely totally and utterly fucked over these poxy hedge fund cunts who ruin companies like this and put thousands of people out of, out of work you know on a daily basis it's, it's what they do to a large degree now these cunts the reddit cunts they hijack the machinery Okay, that was fucking people power at its finest. That was, hang on a second, I'm not fucking standing for this. And I'm going to do the little bit I as an individual can do. But when you get a couple of hundred thousand cunts together and they're all doing their little bit, that's a fucking global movement right there. And it just goes to show, fuck you hedge fund managers. We the people have the power to stop you in your fucking tracks and beat you at your own fucking game. Like to think 20 years ago that a group of individuals scattered all around the world would take on a major American hedge fund corporation. Like fucking laughable. How the fuck could that ever transpire? But here we are, 2021, and these cons fucking, not only are they getting away with it, but that hopefully, as far as I'm concerned, this will be the start of something. Now, wait and you fucking see there'll be legislation drawn up fucking like that to make sure this doesn't happen again. Now, look, I don't know if it will or it won't. I'm not an expert. I don't know. But I would imagine that every effort is going to be made to stop this in its tracks and to stop it becoming, you know, a thing. Because the last thing we want is the plebs like you and me to have any kind of fucking power or decision-making process in the world that we inhabit. But anyway, back to hijacking the machinery. There's another dude that you've heard me mention uh, on numerous occasions on 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 what on on my show. <laughs> it sounds weird to fucking say shit like that. But anyway, um, yeah, there's a dude called Jordan Peterson. I'm a huge, huge fan of uh, his. He, for some unknown reason, is quite divisive in certain circles. But anyway, I'm not going to talk anything about him per se. And I'm going to concentrate more on how he hijacked the machinery, as did Trump and as did McGregor. So, pretty unknown Canadian psychologist, Jordan Peterson, was doing his thing, lecturing away in the University of Toronto. Liked what he was doing to the extent that he wanted to share it beyond his lecture hall or his classes and just started uploading them to YouTube. Was doing it for a couple of years and everything was great and then he kind of, he put his head above the parapet a little bit in relation to this Bill C-16 thing which it was Canadian legislation essentially making it a legal obligation to call people by certain pronouns that they could decide there and then and, and make up on the spot. Okay, I don't want to get into the details of that, but basically he got himself involved in something which the media grabbed a hold of. Now, when the media grabbed a hold of him, 
they started going through everything that he had uploaded and they they inadvertently or otherwise raised his public profile. He didn't have much of a public profile before this whole Bill C-16 thing that he got himself embroiled in. But what happened after that was people started Googling him. People were like, who's this Jordan Peterson fella anyway? And they found his lectures that he'd been uploading for the last number of years online and there was hundreds of hours of content here and they started listening to it and watching it and they liked it. And he jumped on his own bandwagon then and released uh, a tour date for speaking and launched a book and all the rest of it. And hop skip a fucking two or three year period. And he's the number one biggest selling author in the world, selling out fucking stadiums left, right and centre. And he's this huge, big icon, or, or was at least. He's had ill health over the last couple of years and he's kind of his, his popularity has kind of fell off a cliff to a certain degree. But anyway... The point being, he didn't invent YouTube. He didn't invent speaking in front of tens of thousands of people. He didn't invent any of this. All of that was there already. He just hijacked the machinery, okay? And there's opportunity in this for me and everybody else listening. There are things already in place. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to do anything. You don't have you don't have to do anything too groundbreaking to be groundbreaking and there's something that I love about that in what I do everything that I've spoken about to date if 0.1% of any of it is original I'll fucking I'll be very very proud of that Okay, if 0.1% of everything that I've said is original I'll go fucking hell if I've done myself okay? to concretise that point and to slam it home Okay, I think that 99.9% of everything that I've spoken about since I've started making these recordings has been said already it's nothing new, okay? The 0.1%, you know, I'm hoping some of it, I'm hoping there's some originality in there. Maybe the 0.1% is made up in my delivery of it, okay? Because that I can claim to be somewhat original. Try and find somebody else who has a similar podcast and is saying the same things. By all means, I'd love to fucking listen, if nothing else, okay? To my knowledge, it doesn't exist. But anyway, fuck me, it's 26 minutes. Holy fucking shit. Hijacking the machinery. That room in my head now is that little bit tidy, that little bit tidier. And who knows what the benefit of me having cleaned up that room in my head is going to be. I might reap the benefits of that by the end of today. I might reap the benefits of that in six months' time. I might be on my deathbed and it could fucking stand to me. But the idea is the more of these rooms that you can tidy up in your head, the more of your mental furniture that you can rearrange the better your thought processes will be, the better your thinking processes will be. Thought processes and thinking processes are the same thing, Ronald. But I think you get the gist, or hopefully you've gotten the gist. It's 26, 27 minutes, I have to get the fuck out of here. Holy fucking shit, I'll catch you soon. <laughs>